are you trying to podcast with? That say, what's your name, loco? You are now going off with Rap Critic and Muse. Muse, how you doing? Oh man, I'm doing okay with that weird horse sample. (laughs) (laughs) There has been an unavoidable occurrence going on in uh, TikTok primarily, (laughs) and we can't ignore it any longer. We've talked about the chicken wars, which by the way, the chicken wars are still raging on unfortunately oh people doing that and i shake my butt clap 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 what is that you can whistle past the graveyard all you want you can pretend you could turn a blind eye to it but that doesn't change the fact that even zaxby's now places that specialize in chicken aren't feeling it necessary that they need to put their foot down put pickles under a goddamn fried piece of chicken and call it new everybody wants a piece of that action and it's still going on. But no, outside that, we've already covered that episodes ago. You can find it in the archive. We're talking about Millennials versus Gen Z. And at the very center of it, presumably unaware, I would imagine, Eminem finds himself at the center <laughs> of all the hubbub of apparently, again, I'm going to use apparently and allegedly a lot here. Because I feel like a lot of this isn't genuine. Millennials are claiming that Gen Zers are trying to cancel Eminem. I have not seen this exactly. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I haven't heard anything particular. Like, whenever something comes up and he says some dumb shit, we were like, oh, that's annoying. But it's not just like, hey, I just feel like saying Eminem shouldn't sell records anymore. <laughs> we have addressed on the show, he has no shortage of potentially cancelable lyrics, but it's all been pointed out a while and it's ago. So, like, it's so like... This is what he does. That it's, it's just, like, just what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like it would be nice if he got better, but I'm not expecting anything. <laughs> Are you going to tell a bird not to fly or a fish not to swim? That's all Eminem knows, unfortunately, and there's no changing his stripes at this point. At the very least, he pissed off the the Trump uh, piss babies who are mad that he, you know, talks shit about their precious leader. You know, like I'll take that. <laughs> How is I gonna start this? I forgot. That's an awfully hot coffee pot. Oh! (laughs) Son of a bitch. That was from a man who had been in the game for, like, 20 plus years. Anyway. Uh, Oh, yeah, let's talk about some Grammy shit. Wait, no, there's more! Oh, oh, wait, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were saying anyways, like, like, we're not, oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Are we ever done with Eminem? No, fact's sake. Uh, (laughs) Get out of here. I can't. Oh, God, it won't leave. If anyone (laughs) needs to address this, it's you, boys. Dude, I swear to God. (laughs) TikTok has a funny way of turning seemingly innocuous, random... Bits of songs into memes that are hard to explain on any other social media platform. I'll give you an example. Zanzibar by Billy Joel, a song that I have never heard before, but it's on the same album as, like, Big Shot and a bunch of other hits. So I imagine Billy Joel fans are pretty familiar with it. But out of bumfuck nowhere, all of a sudden... Just this goddamn, I got the old man's car, I got a jazz guitar sound bit has just been like a dance meme for weeks. Not so anymore, it's already done. That's the thing about TikTok too, by the way, that they only last about a week or two, then we're on to the next thing. And apparently, (laughs) the next thing, which I never would have guessed, is Fack by Eminem off Curtain Call, The Greatest Hits. And I what? am, like, I really, it, this is one of those things where I'm just like, please don't let the song chart on the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> please don't let this <laughs> TikTok has its way. Oh, no. <laughs> we got fucking driver's license to be the number one song in That's the country for, like, a right? month so, now. 
Yeah, if 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 these songs keep these uh, uh, Gen Zers' attention for too long, <laughs> then it becomes a hit. You know. <laughs> so the the format. Which again, explaining a TikTok meme makes you sound like the boomerest fucking Old boomer ever. <laughs> but the the context and the format is normally it's someone saying like, "Y'all want to date a blank until oh. dot dot dot." Yeah, hashtag relatable content. That Absolutely. type of thing. Absolutely. Like. And then the the setup for the list is the I'm coming, which is weird. <laughs> Because pages that are, like, respectable are using this audio and not realizing what it is. Um, and then it's like, it says, you know, y'all want a blank until, and then it lists, like, four things they do that might turn people off. Corresponding with the uh, noise that Eminem makes. It's literally supposed to sound like him jerking off, like... <laughs> Even in the context of the song, it's the weirdest fuck noise. Outside of the con <laughs> context of the song, you have no idea. And I've seen two videos be like, Do y'all not realize that this song being played in the background right now, that you've heard countless times on your timeline... Is about shoving a gerbil in your ass through a tube. <laughs> because the audio almost always cuts off after Eminem says, Alright, I'm done. Okay, I'm done. Because that's where they're saying, like, uh, the person's like, Oh, I'm done. I'm in, done. In the meme, right? Yeah. For your boys who would put that song as the number one worst uh, Eminem song in a, admittedly, dated video by this point because he's put out quite a few duds, quite a few stinkers. Since then, uh, if we were to redo it now, it would probably be a top 20. But at the time, <laughs> humble, naive RC and Muse uh, put FAC uh, as number one. We had to address it. We couldn't ignore it. But you, you saw... Uh, I'll say a considerable chunk because any is more than what I saw of the Grammys. Music's biggest night! Ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Ba -da you're setting it up like I actually like took time to watch the actual show as it was happening. Fuck no, no, who's got the time? You had the popcorn and everything. You were live tweeting. Fuck, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and of course, this is the year where, you know, Grammys is like, hey, we're trying to be better about, that. you know, the usual spiel the big companies, you know, give up when they realize their fan base is starting to be like, hey, you were kind of mean to da da da. Oh, da, you know. <laughs> I, I thought well, you were addressing the, um, we realize things are a little different. I thought you were talking about that. I didn't realize you were talking about the, yeah, like, y'all have diversity issues. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now, I, I will say as much as this, it's just like, in the sense of like, I know I know they probably don't like actually care, but like, look, things that uh, affect a company's financial pockets is the only way we get any company to care about anything. So... <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, if you can find a way to make a company care about something without it being financially incentive related, then go ahead, you know? Everyone's realizing that in order to keep their audience, we have to be less shitty. The performances I saw that I actually, like, took time to see is like, they were legit. Uh, I think it's probably partially because of, you know, the whole COVID thing. It's like, well, we have to do something interesting now. Um, but yeah, uh, the baby had a great performance. He did, uh, uh, the, uh, rock star joint again. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. He added in, uh, an extra, an extra verse, which he had already done before. So I was just like, holy shit, there's two extra verses. And every time I'm always like, this is the thing of the Grammys that keeps pissing me off. I'm like, so they made these like orchestral versions of like some of my favorite songs that were in there. Oh. And I'm like, why don't you upload this shit to Spotify? Like, and then I went on the Grammy website to see, like, you know, w winners and awards like that, and you can't find the performances on the Grammy website. Like, this fucking dinosaur of a fucking institution. Will you get with the goddamn times? Because, <laughs> like, people are going to try to find these videos if they're going to try to find them. So you could be getting ahead of the curve by just putting them on your website and don't try to do the, your own dumb player, too. Just give the fucking, like, do a private link and upload it to YouTube. You know what I'm saying? And say, like, oh, you can only see it here. Beyonce did this shit 
shit a couple of years ago with the Lemonade video. If her people can figure it out, you can fucking figure it out. And speaking of which, oh yeah, we got to talk about Beyonce, who had won, I think, not album of the year or something like that, but like best R&B album. You know, basically a whole conciliatory thing uh, for the fact that they should have uh, given it to her like fucking years ago for the actually really great uh, album she did uh, a couple of years ago for fucking Lemonade. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, we so know this road at this point. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh my God. And like, just to put the finest point on it. First of all, fucking Beyonce should have won a couple of years ago for whatever, but all right, the Grammys are already offset with everything. And then they screwed the pooch once more by not giving the weekend shit. This needs to be addressed that not only did he not win any awards, he wasn't fucking nominated. Blinding Lights was everywhere. Save Your Tears was everywhere. How? When you see it topping so many best of the year lists, when you see it winning all of these things, does it not even get nominated? Like, there's no way you didn't hear it, because literally, I think the Blinding Light song has been on the charts for over a year. <laughs> I'm so baffled by it. it. It can't be a coincidence. There needs to be a reason why. And I just want an explanation. Yeah, like, they think they're too fucking cool for the weekend. Like, oh, we can't go for the mainstream print. Like, what? That's always what you do. <laughs> you get fucking Billy Eilish shit. No fucking way. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the thing with Billy Eilish. I remember, like, you know, I'd listened to that song. Like, I'd heard it before, but I was, like, re-listening to it because I was like, oh, who are the winners and losers or whatever. And I saw that she had won, and I was just like, as you listen to the song, I was just like, wow, it literally sounds like this is a song about how she doesn't want to win this. <laughs> it's like they're doing things to piss these artists off. Like, literally, Billie Eilish is making a song saying, I don't want to win this, and you give it to her. Meanwhile, The weekend over here, and nothing. Like, what? It's like they're just not paying attention. How does a motherfucker play the halftime at the goddamn Super Bowl? Right? And not even get noticed or mentioned at the goddamn Grammys. <laughs> I don't get it. But the performances, the only one I saw was WAP because the fucking Juff was going everywhere and I was like, well, I gotta see this shit. How are they gonna censor this? <laughs> see, that's the thing. I was like, I'm already amazed it gets radio play because it gets pretty butchered on the radio. But I was like, how are we gonna do this on fucking CBS, primetime, <laughs> Grammy Awards? And... It still felt weird, even though they did so much censoring to it. Yeah, they edited out the word bucket. <laughs> I think it was like, mop. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, uh, really? <laughs> we have to edit out anything that seems it could allude to wetness, so people might think about the wetness of pussy. Like, so we gotta take that out. Mops are related to wetness. It's like when Comedy Central during South Park would censor ass or whole but not yeah, both. Yes. It's like, they're okay if it's just one of them. But if you yeah. do both of them, it's too much. We can do remember. mop or bucket. We're not doing mop and bucket. That's too much. I specifically remember ass boom and be like, but is it ass the part you don't want people to say? <laughs> that's okay. We're going to push that one step too far. That's where, that's where we get in trouble. This, do you know what it is? These are the centrist measures that you have to take uh, when, when, you know, when you're trying to be subversive, but you have to deal with the machine, you know? like. <laughs> the only thing that really felt weird to me about the WAP performance was, and I really like this about when MTV did theirs, where there were these pre-recorded, like, alternate music videos, but they were, like, shot on location. I love that. When you have it, though, at the Grammys... And it's a live performance, and we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so you have such a sparse audience. What up, Grammys? It's like, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> it's like the Eric Andre, just that one guy. Yeah! It's like, what is going on? There's like five people out there. What's happening? Yeah, it's like, if you if you were like outside of this moment and didn't realize you were, what was happening, like you'd be a person who's just like, is the music industry doing that bad? Like, damn, they couldn't fill up the... <laughs> I would rather they just mute the audience altogether. I don't need to hear them. Cardi B had an incredible performance. She... 
it was awesome, especially at the end where she did the leg lock move with Car uh, with Megan. That was fucking so goddamn cool. I follow a lot of wrestling pages. Even they were retweeting it because it looked like <laughs> it looked like a fucking move. And then Megan did her thing, and she performed her songs, but they had like this, uh, you know, really classical brassy flourish to them, and I was just like. Oh my god! Like I kept having that moment. I was like, please upload this to Spotify. <laughs> Why? Like, are you guys really doing this? Are you really going after this great music that we have just rearranged to make it sound even more heightened than it is? Well, throw it in the vault. No one ever needs to hear yeah, this again. Like, <laughs> delete it. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> need to make room. <laughs> <laughs> Directly into the fucking bin, like a like a TV studio in the fucking thirties. Ah, just throw that shit away. We're never gonna need that again. Yeah, like fucking BBC. Uh, uh, did you hear about that? <laughs> like, oh, no one's gonna care about this shit. We gotta record new shit. We <laughs> oh yeah, the baby also had a, a good performance. He did uh, Rockstar. Like I said, he he performed the extra verse. What was it that he said that was just like, holy shit? My skin don't look the same, so I get singled out. Right now, I'm performing at the Grammys. I'll probably get profiled before leaving out. So don't be in denial like we even now. And so if you're in the projects or uh, in a mansion, you're still a black man when you leave the house. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Then Lil Baby performed, uh, yeah, the little, like, mini music video for, um, for the bigger picture. Again, the song is sort of fucking one. Uh, and it, it was really cool. And then all of a sudden, like, out of fucking nowhere, like, Killer, Killer Mike gets a goddamn verse. And I was like, whoa, whoa. He, like, ends it by going, like, uh, right before, like, you know, the music comes in and really swells. And he's like, and never forgetting the story of Jesus, the hero was killed by the state. And just, like, walks off. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what was that from? That's from an RTJ song. Okay, see, I thought I had heard that lyric before. Yeah, I think it might be from the the latest one. Yeah, I th yeah, I think I remember hearing it on RTJ four. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it was just cool hearing that like on there. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I love when people like remix and put stuff on other shit. Oh, like, sure. That's just, that's just you know uh, musical crack for me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, what a, oh, and I love that the beginning of the, the video, uh, the bigger picture video, you hear a quote from fucking James Baldwin uh, being said over it. And it's not just like a random quote. Like, it's actually like something that's just like so like jarringly relevant. Like, um, he starts off, he's like, growing up in school, I was taught in American history books. You know, he has this very distinct voice, you know. Uh, growing up in school, I was taught in American history that Africans had no history and therefore neither did I. Uh, Africans who had been saved by Europe and brought to America. And of course I believed it. I didn't have a choice. And then the song like goes in, it's like, oh fuck, like they were playing around with this one. <laughs> so yeah, like, like I said, like there were actually, so, like, you know, in the one year where everyone is probably the most going like, like, oh man, fuck a Grammy. It's like, oh damn, but they actually didn't do too bad. <laughs> it's the one oh, well, year it's everyone just kind of skips it. They don't fucking pay attention. And it's like, no, y'all really should have watched this one. Oh, you know what, Grammy should have thought about that before you, you know, had all those years where you, you know, screwed all these other people and did all that bullshit, you know? <laughs> you brought that on yourself. <laughs> A quick shout out to Nas for winning. Uh, he won a Best Rap Album, so I think he, this is probably like his first Grammy or something like that. So I was like, yay. You know, oh yeah, for, that's uh, right. Yeah, he's winning winning a Grammy that he should have won uh, three decades ago for Illmatic. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you finally got their uh, yeah, Grammys for an album that I, I, uh, I didn't hear anything about. <laughs> you know, but still, like, the fact that this guy is an artist who has done a lot for hip-hop and finally being recognized. Yeah, like, that's what this all feels like, right? It's just like you know, uh, retroactively being like, oh, and here's what we should have given it to, and, uh, but forget that new guy, because he doesn't matter. <laughs> and then in 10 years, the weekend's gonna be uh, fucking Little Richard going on the stage talking shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, oh, they go give it to this guy who I influenced, but not me. Look at this bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nas getting so little respect and recognition that we completely forgot to even mention that he was on an album we reviewed recently. He was on the, oh, uh, yeah. the Kanye album, wasn't he? Yes, yes. It was uh, uh, the extra verse on... Um, we Major. Yeah, and I remember listening to it. And I, I can't believe I forgot to talk about that verse because the verse was so like... I didn't know how to take it because he's just like, I'm in the studio and I feel kind of weird. And wh what do I say to my engineer? What does he feel about me writing this? And, you know, I'm looking around and I, like it felt like it was just like legit freestyling. And it was just like, uh, so this is what I've decided that I'm going to talk about. How I'm here in the studio thinking of a verse to write. Like, okay, stop trying to act like you're breaking the fourth wall. You just sound like you couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> it's because really, Doe had that fucking verse chorus thing that repeated so much oh, that yeah. we completely forgot 
forgot Nas was even there. <laughs> it's a couple. See, this is what a bad feature can do. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, we were just so busy thinking about that. Just like, what the hell is he saying? I- I'm going to fuck in the boy. Something like that. <laughs> like, Why is he saying it like this? Like, oh, you want us to hear that repeated? <laughs> We've got two albums that we are reviewing this week, right. and they're both listener-requested albums, and I think we got to start with your boys' cart seat headrest. Teens of Style, requested by, you know him, you love him. It's Dr. Goatman. Dr. Goatman. Darren, I'm curious. I need to hear what you thought about this right out the gate. Uh, so, did you do you know this group, or...? No. I've, um, I've only heard them in passing. I've actually mm. never uh, sat down and listened to them uh, long form for any, like, period of time, really. For me, this is just like, it feels like shoegaze, but with more going on. It's interesting. It's, it's got, like, shoegaze elements, but it's more or less just, like, the lo-fi aesthetic. Like, it's all just very, it's very fuzzy, very... Yeah, everything sounds like it's being recorded uh, by an announcer in a roller rink, you know? There are some tracks where if you didn't have the lyrics in front of you, you absolutely would not be able to tell what the singer is saying because it's yeah. so, like, distorted and low in the mix. Let's start off with the first song, which I, I thought was an interesting, uh, you know, intro to what was happening, called Sunburned Shirts. And it starts off, appropriately enough, with this sun-bleached Beach Boys-sounding clip that they loop at first. And it's saying, like, these lyrics, I don't know if it is a Beach Boy song, but it sounds like one, where it's like, I haven't looked at the sun for so long, I've forgotten how much it hurts too. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice, like, simple melody that kept repeating, and I was just like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm in for, like, is this a, is this a DJ who's, like, just about to, like, mix it up, we're gonna get some fucking, um, what you call it, uh, so, you know, early 2000s, uh, techno house energy, Daft Punk, uh, fat boy slit, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was gonna be like that type of shit, you know? Two thirds of this song sounds like it's just this, uh, you know, burnt out sample that's like, you know, they probably found in like a recording studio and it's just like, you know, it, it's not perfect, but they're like working with it, you know, the bits that they could use, you know what I'm saying? To make their own thing. Like, that's what kind of sounds like. And then, like, the last third, like, an actual guitar comes in and you're like, oh, what? What? This is a band? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was enjoyable enough for from uh, what they were doing with the first song, and then as the rest of the tracks goes on, it feels like like that intro was there to set up like okay, what I'm going for is like you know this this forgotten '60s sound, you know. So so keep that in mind as you go with the rest of the album, which which isn't gonna be old Beach Boy sounding clips. It's just gonna be me singing. But but that's what I'm kind of going for, you know. <laughs> it's weird. This is um this doesn't really add to the album overall, but I just felt like it was interesting. That it's in essence a kind of a compilation in that um, this was their major label debut. So mm. it was like, we're going to take all these songs from previous EPs and albums that we did before we got signed. And uh. I think only like a couple of them are like new. But you can't really tell, I don't think, like... Yeah, it sounds consistent enough of a sound where it's yeah. like it feels like it was done in the same studio time, yeah. Yeah, like, it it really doesn't feel like that at all. Um, I really, really liked this. Um, I was rocking with it pretty consistently. Um, I was okay with it. Uh, yeah, you know what? I had a feeling you'd say that. Because <laughs> it's like, it's not like, there's stuff happening in this, and definitely like songs put you in a certain mood where you're just like, ooh, I just like resting in where this place is, you know, because it just sounds so good. There's one song later on here, it sounds like, uh, you know, one of those uh, uh, theme park uh, organ melodies <laughs> that you hear on like, you know, so, some sort of uh, theme park ride that goes around in a circle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there is a weird aesthetic to some of these tracks where yeah. it's funny that you mentioned Beach Boys. Abandoned it, Carnival or something. <laughs> it does kind of have a Beach Boy-like kind of beachy aesthetic on some of them, but you can't... Like, I just kind of get that vibe when the vocals are low in the mix. Like, it just kind of feels like... Mm-hmm. Like it's a weird narration that's happening off in the distance. Like, yeah. am I supposed to be able to hear that? I don't know. It sounds nice. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll deal with that, I guess. And um, let me see. I, the drum, I enjoyed that one. It, it, his songwriting style, where he's like, say, the drum is doing this, the drum is doing that, and you're like. Oh, okay, so it's supposed to be, like, personifying, like, a person. Yeah, I got you. But then, like, later on, he does the same thing with, like, 
a car seat. It's like car seat is doing this. It's like this doesn't work as well because it's. And then there's like a gun. Then the gun is a person. Yeah, it's yeah, like what are I, you doing? <laughs> there are only a, a few songs that I actually um, took note of the um, of the lyrics because in most of them it wasn't really. What was grabbing my attention the most? Yeah, it's the vibe of the music that's kind of... It's really the vibe. The main like, drive. In No Passion, I had to write down this part. Um, when the album is over, I go to bed sober. I've got plenty of love, but nothing to show for it. In my wildest sexual dreams, I dream that I am watching porn, but there's too much sunlight shining on my laptop monitor, so I can't see anything with any amount of clarity. Just... Just the picture that paints is so fucking funny to me. Right? Yes, there's little, like, you know, uh, pieces of writing that that are on this album that are just, like, weirdly, like, putting you in his life for a second. That is just like, what? (laughs) Like, that was so weird. (laughs) This person is living a very fucking I-can't-get-no-satisfaction-ass guy here of just, like, nothing's going right. Oh, for sure. I mean, the song No Passion is, yeah. like, specifically about him being, like, you know, I, like, as I was listening to the song, uh, you know, there's a, there's a spe- specifically a part in here where he's, like, you know, it sounds like he's just kind of mumbling through it and it's not really catching my ear. But then I'm, like, oh, but I think that's kind of just what he's going for with this because it's called No Passion. Like, it's the most lifeless-sounding song, but it's not in the boring way. You know what I mean? It's in the way where he's, like, oh, I can feel the passion being sucked out of him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it personifies that passionless, it personifies that passionlessness in, in a really good way. That's like, oh, I see what you're doing. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the songs that has the uh, the strong organ intro. It's weird. Yeah. The, the lead singer, I think, plays like three instruments, I want to say. Uh, like, it's, I, think it, I think it's either a trio or, or a four piece. I'm not sure. But the one dude plays like, most of the instruments, which is always impressive to me. Uh, in Something Soon, where he's just like, I want to bring something important. Like, you know, the song up to this point is just like talking about, like, his woes and his sadness. He's like, I want to break something important. I want to kick my dad in the shins. <laughs> and then the lyric, oh my god, fucking hashtag quarantine relatability. Uh, binging on the latest sitcom, feeling guilty every second it's on. I want to put my foot through a window. <laughs> <laughs> I document my mind loss. I want to romanticize my head fuck. <laughs> Just like this weird, like, I understand where you're going. And then he takes it to this weird abstract place, you know? <laughs> I think it's funny how there are such descriptive things thrown in. And there's not a lot of time really designated to it. Yeah. Like, this is just what I'm feeling. I'm not going to dwell on this or make it a whole drawn out thing. This is just how it is, so I just kind of wanted to throw it out there and move on to the next thing. Yeah, uh, Time to Die, in particular, has a, I think, a, a, a almost Stephen Wrightian level of deadpan. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. fucking lootly Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that one sounded weird in particular because there's a part later on in the song where it starts and stops with that uh, really big uh, roller rink announcer sounding sound that he's doing. This is the job song, and then the song within the song starts but it doesn't play smooth it has weird editing abrupt cuts off lyrics at times it's very weird and then we get to teenagers take off your clothes teenagers take off your clothes it's a reference to a misheard uh, <laughs> line from Aladdin that I always thought was stupid because I that's, that's obviously not what he was fucking saying when Raja was getting mad at him and like, yeah, like growling at him. And he's saying like, uh, good tiger, take off and go, you know, like. Take off about, and go, yeah. Yeah, oh, teen- good teenagers take off the clothes. Like, no, that's not what he's fucking saying. So to hear all this just like, just threw me in the specific way of like, of all the Disney malapropisms or whatever the fuck, like that one. <laughs> and it didn't build to anything it was just there for no reason it had nothing to do with the other lyrics that he brought in like it's not like it was like you know recontextualizing the line in this new way you know it was just kind of like no it just you just sound like a creep who's telling teenagers to take off their clothes <laughs> and, and it's spelled take off your clothes yeah okay which is yeah. Weird too <laughs> i thought there was something that i was missing like did i like accidentally cut that off when i was like no was I, i'm pretty sure that's it it's weird you got that and then you've got Bad role models, old idols, exhumed, parentheses, 
Psst, teenagers, put your clothes back. Oh. What? I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's one more letter you could have put. On. It's just on. No, it's just the letter O. Put your clothes back O. He messed up the first uh, writing down the thing, but then, like, that song was already, like, a I gotta make it look intentional. The- yeah, exactly. That, that song was already submitted to the uh, uh, ASCAP, you know? So he's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> well, it's weird because it's for such a super short, like, power punk cut, too. Like, it felt like an interjection, which which made it weird that it was addressed in another song title later. Like, I don't know how these songs are connected and why they need similar titles. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Then uh, we got uh, Mods Gone. That was the one that had that that great opening. Another organ. Uh, yeah, that great yeah. opening melody organ. Yeah, that carnival theme park sound. Yeah, I love that. Um, so that was just enjoyable. Like, it was a long one, but it was just kind of like, but I just enjoy being in this sound, so I don't care. You know what I mean? Then Los Borrachos, which I found out from our later uh, request, means uh, it, drunk, so... The drunks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, well, uh, Los Barachos, parentheses, I don't have any hope left, but the weather is nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the overly fuzzy sort of bass. I, I didn't like that. I don't like when, oh. you know, the bass sounds like really like turned up and like that tinny thing. Like, ah, that annoys me. But when the track really started like improper, that. I liked it. Um, and then the just, I think this this is a song that just has like a bunch of rounds and just like a bunch of lyrics where it just be like, you know, as you hear it, you know, you just kind of go like, yeah, I do feel that sentiment. One lyric is like, I miss those good old boys. They can still find joy in in life to talk about. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, I get that feeling. <laughs> like I miss my friends that made you know, uh, talking about life seem fun. <laughs> Uh, it's about, you know, about how blase he is about life and yet how morose he feels about the reality of dying. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, that was kind of, that was a nice way to go out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just like the way that's explained. It's always weird when we do rock albums because there's never a whole lot to really say about them, especially when there's really just kind of like one pretty consistent yeah, uh, you enjoy track or you don't. Yeah, you're so right. And if the sound is consistent, yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted to throw it over to you first because I had a feeling we were going to have different experiences because I went ahead and bought this after we re- after mm. I reviewed it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I ended up giving it a four. Oh, I get. I gave it a three and a half. Like, well, that's not bad. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not bad, but it's just like, and I definitely see the appeal to the aesthetic and all of that. But it's just like it just feels slightly too much dead weight going on and one or two moments where it seems like I'm like respecting him as a writer but then he'll make teenagers take off your clothes and I'm like what are you doing and what's that song <laughs> Strangers where he had the lyrics where you know again you know these are abstract lyrics I get it I'm not supposed to get all of it man you know but hmm. just this lyric in particular where he's like uh, love makes it easier to be around humans okay I'm getting that uh, love on the TV Who, who'd they think they were fooling oh I get you know you're trying to say something about it. Yeah, yeah and then God is a director he just found out about us he's talked to our agents but he doesn't know that much about us and I'm like uh, what huh what? No, I think that's dope how would God, who would have created everyone, be like, but I don't know much about the motherfucker. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. He just set it in motion. He doesn't check up on us. He doesn't, I guess. Know. Oh, but he talked to his agent, though. Like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I think that shit's sick. And then, and then when, he, when he says, uh, uh, okay, yeah, this is the lyric that kind of, like, uh, oddly redeemed it. Again, in that way where it's just like, huh, no one would write a lyric like this, so that is interesting. Where he says, car seats nervous. Again, car seat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> car seats nervous and the lights are bright. When I was a kid, I fell in love with Michael Stipe. I took lyrics out of context and thought, he must be speaking to me. <laughs> like, that was, like, just an interesting sort of character moment. But then I'm just like, wait, what was that about the, the car seats nervous and the lights are bright? But anyways, when I was a kid, like, it's like a it's like a Lil Wayne moment where he's like, yeah, I'm the best rapper alive. When I was a kid, my favorite movie was Gremlins. Ain't had shit to shit, do with shit. I just wanted to mention. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Our second album requested by fellow MVP Michael Adamvich requesting Cypress Hill by Cypress Hill. You know, Cy- Cypress Hill has always been one of those groups that's just like, they like they get the respect for being like again you know similar to Common, but, but probably even more so because they put this first album out back in '91. So technically, that's like 
around the red man, you know, like it was the New Jack swing era was in, you know, full swing. So anything outside of that was kind of like, you know, this isn't like the main thing. So so it kind of has that extra like perspective, like, oh, but they were being grungy at the time and not giving a fuck before it was cool to do it in 94 when the gangster shit really took off. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so it's like that. Problem. And then, of course, like I know them like everyone knows them or at least got first got introduced to them when they were a kid. Fucking uh, uh, goddamn. Boom, boom. You know, uh, insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. So this was like, they always had that sort of like, these are guys who had a big hit song from the 90s, but like, it wasn't necessarily that you needed to listen to their albums because you're pretty sure they mostly just talked about weed and shit, you know? (laughs) Even with Insane in the Membrane, I think it carries over to how I feel about this album for the most part. Mm. How so? That the beats are some of the most memorable, noteworthy aspects of it. Ooh, yes, very much so. Uh, really don't need these bars. (laughs) And, I mean, we've been doing this show for a few years, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about Danny Brown. We've We've talked about Randy Newman. I'm no stranger <laughs> the whole spectrum <laughs> to to uh was acquired tastes with uh with vocal styles <coughs> never really grew to appreciate uh, you could the appreciate reels the voice. With the <laughs> oh, God no not here for it. Okay, see I'm the opposite. I like B Real's voice. I think okay. he sounds. I think he sounds really interesting because again, like who else sounded like that at the time, True. right? You yeah. know, and it, it added to the thing at the time. Like in the night when I first heard that song, it sounded like some sort of like carnival song or some shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. With, and, and and I'm now realizing like the slightly slowed down trumpets. Like that is how DJ Muggs, the producer, personifies like being high. You know, musically. You know, oh, like as I'm yeah. listening, like I'm getting that now. Like before, when you know, you hear it out of context, it just sounds like oh. We're sounded real crazy and that's the sort of like carnival weird sound we're going for when you especially with be real what the fight that sound like that you know like if you if you wouldn't have told me i could have seen them as like another rap group that paints themselves in clown makeup or something like that you know what i mean because like yeah. they sound really weird out there and of course there's the second guy sin dog who just like you know, Be Real is the main one that you listen to. He has the first verse and he has the interesting voice. And then there's Sin Dog, who is clearly the hype man, who they let have verses every now and then, but, like, he's not as, like, hype and lyrically, like, proficient as the other guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> as the main guy, you know? <laughs> I like him as a change of pace, because Be Real can really get on my nerves after a while. What I realized is, like, Sendog actually sounds really good when he's allowed to speak in his language. Like, when he's just speaking Spanish or, like, doing, like, a bilingual sort of thing, like, his flow sounds so much more tolerable, but then as soon as, like, he... Because there's one or two songs. There's one song where he does, it, uh, like, the bilingual uh, flow for one song, and then another one where uh, I think it's, like, uh, Tres Equis, where it's, like, uh, you know... Yeah, yeah, where he's just rapping in Spanish, and the whole time it just sounded cool and smooth as shit. But it's like as soon as he's in English, he's like, "Yo, dog, I'm telling you what's going on, bullshit." Dude. And it's just like, ah, uh, you you don't have like the flow like that, you know what I mean? And it's so grating to keep hearing it happening, you know. So it's like, be real, like so. As I listen to this album. I found uh, Sindog more uh, competent as an artist, specifically when he's rapping in, in Spanish. But, like, you know, uh, but and I always felt that B-Real was like, oh, yeah, definitely the better guy. But as I listened to this album in full, it's just like, eh, they're about on equal footing. And Sindog mainly sounds good when he can rap in Spanish. Like, that's just, uh, that's about the gist. <laughs> I think the call and response between them works pretty well on Insane in the Membrane. I really don't need it any more than that ever, though. And that happens on this album too much. Yeah. And it gets really hokey and starts to sound like a parody of themselves. There's one song in particular, Mm. Hole in the Head. Hole in the head, you got a hole in the fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) And then they fucking get a goddamn Scooby Doo. Oh, what was that? Easily one of the worst cuts on the fucking album. Not, not the worst one, but that leads me on to a whole nother fucking thing. 
that, in my opinion, you led with the worst fucking cut. Uh, pigs? Pigs is fucking garbage. What is this doing at the top of the album? This pig harassed my whole neighborhood. Well, this piggy worked at the station. Uh, this piggy killed my homeboy. So the fucking pig went on a vacation. And, you know, uh, bringing up these points about like, oh, yeah, when when cops kill black people you know, the, uh, or Latino people, there's no repercussions for it, right? They just get so it's like there's those little things that he's bringing up. They're like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting point, right? And then he fucking... <laughs> Well, first of all, the beat is not that great. It, no. it sounds clunky compared to everything else on this album. And then just like the fucking homophobia. <laughs> There's another thing that we didn't mention last week either. And it's funny because in the context of the Kanye album, another throwaway cut. I think it was the last one. I think we even said in our review that like they could have just cut the last two tracks off and it would have been fine. He fucking used what he would reuse on graduation the um the klondike bar oh my he god fucking, i was like he used that thing twice <laughs> and then i'm like man we got it again here another just in my opinion throw away random shit like I'm fine with an anti-cop message. I am with that sentiment, and I agree with it. This theme of the this little piggy throughout the whole fucking thing gets really old, and it's not that strong of a concept to yeah, carry no. a whole song. That's Especially exactly when you is. decide to just throw in random homophobia. Like, I think that goes against your overall message. We could have just started with How I Could Just Kill a Man, which is a much, much stronger cut. Much more consistent, solid, like, joint overall. I It's not never been my personal favorite, because, again, it feels like a little, you know, the boom, ding, ding, ding. I mean, it's very, like, there is so much going on with DJ Muggs as he's, like, remixing and doing fun shit that is so interesting throughout this album, particularly at the ends of songs, which is weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. But, like... You know, one or two of the tracks, like this one in particular, it just kind of sounds, it sounds very, like, directly dated in that sense that, like, say the memory, yeah, like, that song specifically sounds timeless in this very way because it's so creative and interesting with what they're doing, but this one has a very, like, boom, like, it's very, like, oh, yeah, that's just 1991 specifically, you know what I mean? In general, like, their lyrics are just kind of, like, aimless for a lot of these tracks and whenever they do have a point it's like they have to start off just being kind of aimless at first but then they get around to it you know what i mean so like yeah. that's the thing i've noticed so it's like the first couple of lyrics just kind of like saying whatever but then he kind of gets to the point where he's just like one time tried to come to my home take my chrome i said that it's on take of a sudden i get asked out how you like my chrome that i watched the rookie pass out didn't have to blast out but i did anyway <laughs> the young i was like whoa <laughs> but i did anyway <laughs> i was like but I thought this was supposed to be like, oh, life or death situation. You know, like, you do what you gotta do at the moment. It's like, but the guy passed out. You could <laughs> Yo, the punk had to pay. So I just killed him, man. You know, he says, like, how do you know where I'm at if you haven't been where I've been? Understand where I'm coming from. When you're up on the hill and you're bigger home, I'm out here risking my dome. And so, like, that specific class point of, like, oh, yeah, you could be some, like, you know, rich kid with no problems. It's like, oh, you know, tut tut for, you know, someone, like, feeling like they have to kill somebody. It's like, ah, but when I have my, you know, pride reputation in my life on the line, you're like, other people are, like, willing to treat me worse because they see that someone else is playing me and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it puts it in perspective in a way, you know? Like, so it's still not definitely my favorite song, but, like, I get it, you know, listening to it. You know what I mean? The song I ended up actually giving the highest rating to was Light Another. Yes! About halfway through. Mm -hmm. Really, really sick beat. Tight flow. Solid. Yeah, had the uh, fun trumpet playing around in the background with the with the little black exploitation wick, 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 in the guitar happening. I really can't fucking argue that the production on here is pretty fucking solid. There's only a few missteps, a few corny yeah. moments. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Hand on the Pump, the Duke. Do, 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 do. And it's not really related. So, like, we're right out of the, like, 
I, I like to give 80s rap kind of a general pass when it comes to, like, grading it as harshly lyrically. It's like, you know, motherfuckers are just figuring out how shit sounds, right? Like, as rappers, you know what I mean? Like, when you think about, like, you have to give some leeway. But it's like, by 1991, it's like, oh, but we had Rakim, we got the, nah, you got the, you know what I mean? You know, so there's also that level of, like, just giving them, you know, leeway to be like, okay, it's not like they were, you know, expecting a bunch of people to be like, oh, man, let's go through No, they were just like, hey, let's just write some fun, fun fucking lyrics. There's never been, like, that many Latino rappers in, in hip-hop, so let's just be those guys, you know? Like, but when you hear the production and how DJ Muggs does it, it's just like, oh, yeah, but th there is still a way to to present this in, in a really dope, ill way. And then you hear them rapping, it's just like, ah, I don't know if they're measuring up at the end of the day when you hear, like, ah, oh, you couldn't have done another take on that one? Like, ah. Oh, oh yeah. Know? Absolutely. But yeah, and, and then there's like random skits in here where it's just like beats oh, yeah. going on for a minute and it's like that was a really dope beat. Oh, no one's gonna rap over that. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess he, that's cool. You heard, you heard those jackasses uh <laughs> rapping half ass for for the last couple of it. Here, here, here's just a nice beat, all right? <laughs> Look, yeah. I know they're not the best rappers, okay? <laughs> This is where I started noticing the ending, things, uh, the ending parts, because like you hear motherfuckers going like, uh, you know, like, yeah, can I kick it? Yeah, try kick it. First of all, like, they call themselves tribe a lot. Oh yeah. Album. I'm like, you've got to know there's another tribe, right? Like, <laughs> is that like a holdover from like, oh, you know, back in the day we used to go by this, and it's like a reference to that, and it's like, well, maybe. Okay. But when you bring up specifically, can I kick it? You know, like. I have no choice to think, because, like, it comes in as a rating. I'm like, oh, can it kick it? Yes, it can. Can it kick it? And then you hear someone at the end, as like, as the track's, like, just about to fade out, and someone doing, like, a parliament uh, reference, like, going, like, I am Sir Nose, and I say they cannot kick it. <laughs> like, I like that, you know? I had to write down this bar as being a particularly whack one from Stoned is the Way of the Walk. Make me feel like Cheech, and I'm kicking it with Chong. Of course. Just like Cheech and Chong, <laughs> frontin' with ice cream. Cypress Hill is here to give you a nice... Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> we fucking get it! <laughs> I was so... Like, I was screaming. <laughs> like, get the fuck... Come on! <laughs> and the other week cut is the outro uh born to get busy <laughs> which i have written down here big something to dance to vibes oh so <laughs> <laughs> oh they got the crowd sounding like it's like vibing with it already so you know oh yeah people already like it you know <laughs> uh bit 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 busy yes. no no thank you that holdover from the 80s but we still gotta get the crowds though yeah <laughs> and it does this thing where it fades out at a minute and 45 seconds in. Like, this is not even a full, complete song. Right. And then it, it fades back in a reprise to Stoned is the Way of the Walk. <laughs> like, we needed to hear more of that. And yeah, I don't know why it needed to be there. It's all just kind of like... It felt like it all just fell the fuck apart. Like, they were trying to do way too much with this outro of, like, hey, we gotta fucking pull out all the stops for the last cut. You know what it is? This album sounds like at the last minute, oh, someone came up with a whole bunch of good ideas. Do them <laughs> all at once. Yeah, right. Like, uh... Like, they're like, oh, we don't know how to work it. Well, put it at the end of that song, man. <laughs> how much studio time do we have left? Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> the funky Cypress Hill shit. Remember that one where it specifically sounded like Sin Dog on the track sounded like he was an old man as he was saying it? You know? It sounded like he was just, like, trying to punch it in. He was just trying to do the punch in real quick, and he didn't really think about how it sounded, so he was just like, the funky Cypress Hill shit. <laughs> he just sounds like a straining old man. <laughs> I have written down that it feels like it's an overture and how many references to tracks it makes. It feels like all these familiar things, like either it's an overture you put at the beginning to give you a to give you like a taste of what you're going to hear, or a track you put at the very end that's like a, hey, let's remember all the good times we had. Right. Remember when we did that? That was fun. Hey, how about this one? Remember nah, the Psycho Alpha Beta Buckdown? <laughs> Latin lingo, uh, that was my favorite track, and, and uh, Tres Equis, purely because, like, and they were the two, uh, I think, Sin Dog solo joints, so it, it, it threw me off. I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, you know, when he's just, like, able to rap the shit the way he, like, it fits natural, I feel, in, like, 
you know, just the language that's more comfortable for him. Like, it just sounds doper. You know what I mean? It, it, it's uh, one, at the end of one track, you hear like, what sounds like this 50s guy from the 50s talking about, you know, these are the effects of marijuana. It makes one act kind of goofy and da-da-da-da-da. Like, do you remember what track I'm talking about? No. That could have been on any of them. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Oh, it is the last track. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Because this song is so, like, uneventful to me. Because it's like, like you said, there's only one verse in it. And it's about, like, a minute and a half. And the verse is over, like, before the, the first minute is done, I think. And it's just kind of like a hook that doesn't really go anywhere. And it's just like, uh, I mean, okay, it's kind of cool, whatever. And then it's like at the end where, yeah, the old 50s style, uh, you know, narrator who who's talking about weed, but in this medical old timey sort of way, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and then there's like this one really weird part where, you know, you hear the very calm sounding 50s guy and, you know, grass heightens and distorts. And then it like cuts out and you hear someone who sounds like he's emulating his voice, but sounds way more modern. And he goes like, for example, profound revelations. And then and then it just cuts back to him going like, you may think you have profound revelations only to discover they are none too profound. And, and that happened as it was fading out. And it was so weird. Cause it was like, what the fuck just happened? What was it, something important happening in there? Like, you know, it was one of those things where it was just like, you hear like a little like bit of a thing as it's fading out. You're like, oh, was there something I wasn't paying attention? Is this album even deeper than I had, than I had thought it is? Like, and it's like, no, it's not. It's, <laughs> you know? What did you end up giving it? I uh, gave it a generous three out of five. I gave it a two and a half. Uh, and I can definitely see that because lyrically they, they are not on point. But I really do feel like the production like has moments where I'm like, oh, I can see definitely checking this out for that. You know, just to, and, you know, just having that journey like, oh, yeah, it's not big. But it's it's a specific particular type of sound that DJ Mug sort of like made for them that it's like that's unique in its own way, you know. But that about wraps it up. For this week's episode of Going Off, big, big thanks for checking us out. Well, since these two albums were listener-requested, I think it would be wise to mention that we still have a few spots left on our Kofi. If you have an album that you want to request and don't mind doing the $120 price point, because they're very limited, and that's the... That's the point, because after that, we're going to be closing it for a few months, so this is like your last chance to get your request in <laughs> until, I don't know, probably like midsummer at this point. All of our links are in the description. If you want to follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube. We have individual Patreons and Kofis if you want to help uh, either one of us uh, directly. Uh, Chris Rap Critic Show, the review a new podcast. We're, uh, you know, doing episodes. We're just wrapping up the uh, Mel Brooks wing of the podcast. And someone just uh, actually sent in a request for uh, a new movie. So we're going to be looking at that uh, real soon. But until next time, for going off, I'm Muse. And I'm the Rap Critic. It's going to be new, y'all. It's going to be new, y'all.